Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce the fourth annual Born Ready to Pod March Madness Bracket Challenge. All the information you will need for this bracket challenge will be on our Twitter page, Instagram page, and uh, follow one of us directly if you need any more information. DMs are always open. Uh, It's going to be $5 uh, bracket, max of four brackets. The login information, I think it's Born Ready to Pod BC, as in Bracket Challenge 2020. And the password this year is going to be Corona in honor of uh, the virus that's going around that everyone's scared of. So last year we had the winner take home roughly 900 bucks. This year we're going to try to ha- up that to closer to 1000 So be on the lookout. Max of four brackets. Um, selection Sunday is March 15th. So it's coming up. Be on the lookout for that. With home security... There's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard the inside. You barely even notice it's there, but what's truly remarkable is you can set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. It's why The Verge calls SimpliSafe the best home security system. So go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team that's simplysafe.com. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neil the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he banked it in. He banked it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists. From oh, oh, oh what the chicken. Double time. Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa, deep oh, no! Oh, no. Right Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor, on the deep phone! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome to episode 79 of the Born Ready to Pod Podcast. My name is Chris Cook. Here with me, as always, Eric Hawk. Hawk Monday here today as we record, releasing this episode out tonight, Tuesday morning. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about your weekend. How, how, how was that? You know, I played poker for the first time in a while, and I'm going to Vegas for March Madness, and 
my plan is to either watch basketball, not get the coronavirus, and play poker because I feel like all the other table games are scams. It's not reliable. It's not a good source of income. I'm going to Vegas to actually make money. I'm breaking the system this time. So I ended up taking about $200 home Saturday night. And Friday night I didn't do anything because I was, I was just ready f- to play poker. So I got excited, played. We played till 4 a.m. and I won. So those games take forever, and I'm ready for Vegas. Yeah, that's some uh, commitment right there, 4 a.m. I can't remember the last time I saw that time. So... Uh, kudos to you for staying up that late. I know I certainly couldn't do that. Um, but anyways, um, big episode here today. Um, and before we actually start off talking about Pacers games and things like that, we are the Born Ready 2 Pod podcast. And there's been some news in the last couple days regarding the man who our podcast is named after. So, some of you may may know we started the podcast June of 2018, and that was uh, when Lance Stevenson was still on the team. We started it in early June. Later on in the month, the Pacers declined his team option, and we all know what happened. He signed with the Lakers and wasn't on the team last season, so we didn't end up changing our name, but maybe that was for good reason, as uh, Shams Tr- Sharania, I believe that's how you say his name, he tweeted out on Sunday that Lance Stevenson is in strong talks on a potential deal with Indiana. Sources tell him at The Athletic no agreement or decision has been finalized. Stevenson would also need clearance from his Chinese team and from FIBA. I'm assuming that won't take much. So I don't. as we record this right now, maybe the news will break later this evening or before we release this. But as we record right now, no news has been broken on this. So... Initial thoughts from you when you saw the news. I mean, it came out directly after the Malcolm Brogdon news came out that he was going to be week-to-week after being diagnosed with a torn left rectus femoris. That's a very long word to say. Um, He suffered that injury against the Bucs last week. So uh, six weeks out until the playoffs are here, uh, and sounds like Brogdon's going to miss some time, so the news came out after that. So, initial thoughts when you saw the Lance Stevenson tweet on Sunday. You know, I was excited just because of the Brogdon news was terrible and sucked, and wish him the best, hopefully he comes back healthy, but that's not looking good as of now. So, I was excited. A, a second homecoming for Lance, I mean, we already had one that was amazing, and I, I could never imagine getting another, but it's one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to fall through or it's going to happen within the next 24 hours. I'd have to guess because we need a little depth there for sure with lamb. Now Brogdon, we need a guard. He's electric. He knows Indiana. And I, I mean, I was through the roof. We were texting the group, how excited we were. And I, I still think it's going to happen. I think that clearance from the leagues, other leagues maybe happened today and maybe they're flying him in today to have him sign or, you know, getting the situation in order. I don't know, making room, doing something. But hopefully we have the news within the next 24 hours. But if we don't, I mean, it might fall through. Because I think the way Shams is reporting it was like they're close to a deal. It's now or never. So what what do you think? Do you think it's actually going to happen? Uh, yeah, I feel like it's going to happen. Uh, so we got the Tuesday night game against the Celtics. So maybe they wait until after that. So... They just got back from a road trip, so I can understand them not doing anything there. Uh, they weren't going to do it during the road trip. That wouldn't have made sense. So they're just getting back. They have a game Tuesday night against the Celtics. I wouldn't be shocked if it wasn't announced before then, and the reason for that, 
um, is because they got a lot of time off coming up. So Saturday, they're going to have three nights off between Tuesday and Saturday. Uh, so Wednesday through Friday, obviously, they have off days. So I think it could happen. Very likely, it could be then that it's when it's, when it's announced. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play in that Sixers game. So I would think maybe the way I'm looking at it, you could have him dressing for his first game next week. So I think if it does happen, I, th- I think it's probably sometime this week. But I wouldn't be shocked if it wasn't in the next 24 hours. Like I said, I think they might play the game through tomorrow. Then they got three days off, and then maybe they'll do something there. Um, so that's kind of the way that I look at it. Because next week uh, you got a Wednesday night game against the Warriors, and then Friday night you have a, a home game, uh, Jimmy Butler Miami Heat game in Indy, uh, big game for the Pacers. So I could see that maybe being his first game back or second game back, just because you throw him off the bench in that kind of game. In the you know there's there's some tension between the two teams, T.J. Warren and Butler. So I mean that would be a heck of a game to bring him back in. I feel like don't you for his like first game back. Yeah, that would be incredible. So, yeah, what you just said makes a lot of sense. So, I don't think anyone should panic within a week. So, yeah, I agree. So, what, what when it, let's just say it does go through and, and he's on the team here in the next week. What, what role do you see from him? Obviously, Brogdon's out for the time being. Um, so, you're going to have to start Holiday and uh, McConnell as your point guards. Um, so, wh- what is your thought process? How do you think he fits in? Uh, before Brogdon gets back and maybe even after Brogdon gets back because do you think he's just strictly kind of a depth signing or do you think they're going to, you know, he's going to get playing time regardless if Brogdon's in the rotation? I think he's strictly for depth when fully healthy, but when Brogdon's out, he's going to get a lot of run with McDermott and Justin, you know, the space guys and McConnell. Those three with maybe like, you know, Sabonis or Turner on the court, I think would be a devastating lineup. The pick and roll's still there. And then obviously you surround Lance with shooters, and he, he wants to get the ball around. He wants to get, especially at home games. I mean, the atmosphere is going to be crazy. That's a weapon in itself. So I definitely think he's going to get playing time at least right away. Yeah, I, I see him getting playing time right away. And a lot of people. My next point was their their biggest concern was it was going to take minutes away from the young guys. Well, first off, Holiday is going to continue getting minutes because Brogdon keeps getting hurt. So I don't think Holiday's spot in the rotation is going anywhere. The only person that really would have an impact on is is Sumner. Um, and a lot of people are very high on Sumner. They think he's got a lot of potential. I mean, he's played. He's, he's shown that he does have an injury history um, and, and all those things. But I don't think – I think you've seen what you're going to get out of him. I mean, do you see much more room potential-wise for him? I mean, he he's, he's a solid basketball player, but he's not this, you know, next – Next thing, common prospect. I feel like that most fans try to push him out to be thinking you got to play the young guys over him. What do you think about that? Yeah, obviously I have a history with Sumner, but I think let's say this year alone he's maybe put together two or three games total with that first half he had the other night, and then maybe a game against Cleveland. I can remember where he looked good, had some steals. So I mean, if this, I, I don't. I think we should definitely temper our expectations. He's an athletic, but. The man can't even score 15 points in a game, so he's not the answer. Lance, I think, would be a little more consistent. 
Yeah, I, I just feel like if you pose the question to me and, and a lot of fans, I would say give me Lance Stevenson over Edmund Sumner. Obviously, I'm biased, and Lance Stevenson's a fan favorite, but I know he has his faults, and, and people people point those out, but he also has a lot of good qualities to him. And that that getting the crowd into it, especially in a playoff atmosphere, I mean, that's, that's one thing in itself is you need those type of crazy people on your team. And a lot of that came from, you know, he made a lot of dumb decisions over his Pacers tenure. No one's debating that. But they also took LeBron James to a seven-game series, and he was a huge part in that because of his ability to get the crowd into it at home games. Uh, I feel like, and, and you you can't. That's that's just something right there that that's that's a big deal in my eyes, especially come come playoff time. Absolutely, I, I couldn't disagree more, or I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll wait on that and and see how that plays out. But I I foresee him being with the team hopefully by next week. So, uh, talking a little bit more about recent games uh five game road trip that just happened uh the Pacers went four and one on that road trip so very good road trip for them they've actually performed pretty well on road trips this season had wins against Cleveland uh the Spurs the Bulls and the Mavericks uh right now as it sits today Pacers are 39 and 25 uh fifth seed in the east and their current first round matchup if the playoffs ended today would be against the Miami Heat in the four or five matchup uh, right now, they're two games behind Miami, and they're only three and a half games outside of the three-seeded Celtics, so still kind of a little game difference there, but nothing substantial like it felt like a couple weeks ago when the Pacers were on that downhill slide. So just kind of reviewing some of those games. Wednesday last night against – or excuse me, last Wednesday against the Bucks. I mean, that game, they got beat up early, and I guess the only silver lining from that game was – they battled back from a huge double-digit deficit, uh, and they trimmed the lead to one or two points at half. But still, they just couldn't end up, uh, you know, doing putting together a good second half, and they ended up losing by nine points. Not only losing that game by nine points, but they also lost Brogdon in that game as well. And this next game is one game that I want to talk about a little bit more with you. Is the game Friday night against Chicago? That was, I mean, that was a solid basketball game, injury play game. Pacers had no T.J. Warren. Brogdon was obviously out. Also, Doug McDermott, who's missed the last two games. Uh, Jakar Sampson against his old team just unleashed, made some very athletic plays, some good defensive plays, and also some great dunks, some highlight reel dunks there. But the main thing that I wanted to talk about was the Edmund Sumner first half, 12 points. Everybody by this point should know about your bet on Edmund Sumner this season. If he scores 15 points, 15 points in a game, you have to get his face tattooed on your ass. So... Sumner scores 12 points in the first half. Everything's looking good. All he needs is a three-point or two buckets, some free throws in the second half. I think he might have only taken one or two shots in the second half, but just give me the breakdown. You went live on Twitter. You can say what you want, and you can try to downplay it, but I know there for at least a ha- you know at least a half hour you were you were nervous. Oh, when he had 12 points a half, I figured it was going to happen, and I figured it was going to happen quick. He had two threes in the first half, so just one more and a whole half of basketball, and he was getting a lot of playing time. I figured he'd at least get that free throw shots late in the game. I figured something was going to go wrong. I was fully expecting an ass tat, and I'm still not quite – until Lance is signed, I'm still a little nervous, but, I mean, he hasn't done it yet. I've said it's going to come in a game that doesn't matter if it happens, so – we're still not out of the woods yet with late games this year. But, you know, I like where our playoff positioning is tight, so all those games are going to matter. But 
just in that moment, yeah, I, was, I figured I'd just make a joke of it, make a funny uh, go live for a little bit. And, you know, these next couple of weeks, I'm busy a lot, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to go live again. So if it happens, who knows? But hopefully. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he played good that first half, man. It was encouraging. But then that second half, he just – I kind of even said it. I was i was taking odds in the group message. I bet he won't score again. And nobody took my action on that And at one point. And then he did score his 12th point. And then I, I doubled down, and no one would take that action again because everyone kind of figured he would fizzle out. And he indeed did. But he got a lot of playing time. And that second half, he just looked a little lost. Was not aggressive at all, thank God. But, yeah, I was nervous. Yeah, and I think I think the actual the fitting way that would happen with this whole scenario is obviously I'm I'm hoping for it to happen. You obviously aren't, but it would just be pretty fitting if while you were in Vegas, the time you were there, it happened, and so you had to go drunkenly stumble into a tattoo parlor shop on the strip in Las Vegas and just walk in and say you needed an ass tat of some random guy, twelfth man on the Pacers. I think that would be pretty fantastic. That would be hilarious. I would bleed a lot if I was intoxicated, which would be a, a horrible scene for the guy doing it, or, or girl, you know. You never know, but, yeah, that that's probably going to happen, and, and I'm, I'm not excited for it. Yeah. But I would know where other place I'd rather have it done than Vegas. Just yeah. get it done. Get all that bad energy out in one weekend. Yep. Um, so next up here, uh, we have the game against the Mavericks Sunday night. Uh, this was a game I actually wasn't expecting the Pacers to win. I, I thought, you know, those last games on those road trips are usually tough. Um, and Dallas has performed well this season. They're the seventh seed uh, with Luka and both Przingis. Um, the Pacers uh, played with injuries. Um, Doug McDermott, like I said, missed the game off the bench. Sumner had to get some minutes off the bench there. Oladipo struggled mightily throughout the game shooting-wise. Um and I guess one thing I do want to point out real quick is he's drawn like eight charges, and last night he drawn drawn his eighth charge, and he leads the team, and he's only played in fifteen games. So he's doing he's doing things out there to try to impact the game because he knows that he's struggling on you know the offensive side of the ball at least for now. Anyways, uh, big game from Sabonis, twenty points or yeah, twenty points and seventeen rebounds. Uh, they just couldn't stop him. Porzingis couldn't defend him whatsoever. Um, and then Miles Turner continu- t- continuing his hot streak, uh, 16 points and 13 rebounds. Uh, so another great game from him. Uh, but like I said, Oladipo struggling, but then came up in clutch. Uh, the Pacers were down by one point with like 48 seconds left, and he hit a go-ahead bucket from the mid-range. Um, and then from there, the Pacers just, uh, sealed out the game. So, uh, what were your thoughts on the game last night? Uh, pretty much, my biggest takeaway is I've liked Luka Doncic a lot. Not a lot, but I, I've thought you know I like his game and things like that. But he he off he whines an awful lot to the refs. He was crying a lot last night about calls that I feel like he shouldn't have been whining about. What do you think? Yeah, I mean he got that incredible four point play. The game wasn't going his way necessarily. The big reason we won is because we slowed down Porzingis. Last game, I think he had 37 or 38 against us. And then a game against the Knicks, he had like 37 or 38. It's two career highs are against the Pacers. So him not having a good game was good. Hardaway stepped up, killed us all night. But, you know, it was his first game back. So if Porzingis has a good game, <clears throat> they win that game. So 
credit to us, credit to Turner, any Turner haters out there, you just need to look at this road trip that we just went on, and this has Turner's stamp all over it. I mean, he had he led the team in steals, blocks, second to rebounds, you know, so he had a, he's been on a great tear, and I, I thought Oladipo, although he had a bad game, this streak he's looked more efficient after that injury coming back, so still hopeful. The turnovers are still there. I think he had all three of his turnovers in the first half, so he clamped down, got a little better, and then, you know, hopefully getting Doug McDermott back will have another bench scoring. And I think this team, Jay Michael wrote a Indy Star piece today about how, unlike last year, they seem to be peaking at a better time. And, you know, if we can continue this, look good against Boston, you know, not necessarily a penciled-in win by any means. They're playing amazing, so that'll be another good test. But if we can get in, get maybe get the heat when we have that big rematch, and then we got some days off. I, I kind of agree. I think we're peaking at a good time for sure, and we just need to get healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one more thing I want to mention here: a uh, guy that we haven't mentioned on this podcast as of late, Jason McIntyre. Remember the Mac and Meter? It's definitely at a five right now. I just wanted to point out that this douchebag. Um, you know, he told us he was a Knicks fan, grew up a Knicks fan, and all this stuff. But all he does is just. He, he just wants to sleep with LeBron James and everybody on the Lakers. And so the Lakers played the Clippers yesterday, and he was just going at it, you know, trying to talk down on the Clippers and things like that. And at the end of the game after the Lakers won at Staples Center, which it was technically a Clippers home game, but technically, I mean, in reality, it was a Lakers home game uh, because, you know, it's at the Staples Center. Uh, he puts Lakers beat the Clippers. Who saw that coming? question mark and then he played a video of him predicting a Lakers win on Friday um and it's just like dude I mean you had a 50-50 shot of winning that like what are you trying like you're not cool you know what I'm saying like he just pisses me off yeah nobody uh pronounces announces their wins more than Jason McIntyre and for as many wins you have twice as many losses and we all know it so nobody cares really man yeah um, anyways, back to uh, topics there. Just wanted to give a little hate to McIntyre. Hadn't done it in a while, and that guy just sucks. But anyway, upcoming game for games for the Pacers. Uh, Tuesday night, like we said, versus the Celtics. I know they have some injuries going on. Uh, I believe that Jalen Brown is not going to play. They'll still have Tatum. I believe Kimba Walker is playing. I don't know if he's still on a minute restriction. Uh, Hayward's had some injuries, but I think he's good to go. So Jalen Brown is at least out, I believe. So... Uh, big game Tuesday night uh, regarding playoff positioning there. The Pacers can gain a game on the Celtics if they win tomorrow, tomorrow in Indiana. Um, and then Saturday night at Philly, another big game. So just a big week of games for the Pacers. Philly, they have a half-game lead right now for the five seed. You know, you win that in Philly, and you give yourself a game advantage there, and I believe sweep the – or not sweep the season series, but you win the season series 3-1, to one, which is huge for tiebreaker purposes. So that's a big game Saturday night, um, and I believe both Simmons and Embiid are still out. So the Pacers have a really good shot at winning that game and really no excuse to not win that game if both those guys are miss, missing, don't you think? Yeah, I would, uh, I would tend to agree for sure with the way we've been playing lately especially. Yeah, so uh, pretty much it there, you know. Uh, we'll wait and see on the Lance news, but some big games this week. And the last thing before we get into around the association, I do want to mention our friend Jeremy W. Miller. He announced uh, this is his third battle. Once again, his cancer has came back and obviously not a good thing, but just wanted to let everybody know if you could be thinking of him, saying some nice words to him, uh, encouraging him. It just sucks to hear. Uh, 
if anybody ever has cancer or anything like that, but to especially hear that about W, uh, a fan favorite of ours, it, it sucked to hear, and I wish him the best, and, and I'll be praying for him for sure. Yeah, same here. Uh, love W. Keep, stay strong, brother. Yep. So hope we get a Lance signing just strictly for that because I know that'll definitely encourage him for sure. That's Lance's favorite player of all time, so that would be good for us to do that. But anyways, um, that'll wrap up our opening segment here. And coming up next, we have Around the Association. Yeah, it sounded like that. Man, it's coronavirus. Man, it's getting us all. All right, first up, we have the Brooklyn Nets head coach, Kenny Atkinson, agreed to part ways on Saturday despite being poised to make the playoffs for a second straight year. Some people might say they have underperformed this season. I would say they have not due to some injuries and a slow start for them. The announcement came the day after a 139-120 victory over the Spurs. Apparently, they had a tense meeting uh, together after a 39-point loss to the Grizzlies on Wednesday where Durant said they didn't have a winning culture in place. DeAndre Jordan chimed in as well, saying he came to Brooklyn thinking he would be a starter and Jared Allen was taking his starting spot. New interim coach Jock Vaughn started Jordan in his first game as coach uh, in a victory against the Bulls. I think Atkinson overall got a raw deal here, but uh, time will tell. This offseason, they will be able to pick up their guy, and if it works, no one will really question it. But for now, Kyrie Irving is the it's so facto coach killer in the NBA. Thoughts mm-hmm. on Kenny Atkinson? Yeah, I when I read that, I was very shocked. I think that he didn't get a fair shake there, but I also read that it was kind of a mutual thing that he also didn't really want to coach both of them next season, and I think that's understandable. I mean, Kyrie's missed at least over half the season this year, I feel like. And they're the seventh seed right now with Spencer Dinwiddie as their best player, And I mean, in the Eastern Conference. So, I mean, th- he's obviously a good coach. They overachieved last season. I feel like they're overachieving again this season. Um, so, I don't really understand. But it's kind of the position that you put yourself into when you go out and get these superstar players they're the ones calling the shots now, and if Durant and Kyrie aren't on board with you know, the coach that's in place, no matter how good of a coach he is, they're going to let him go. Um, you looked at David Blatt a few years ago getting fired, even you know having a pretty good season there with the Cavs, and they brought in Ty Lue at the, in the middle of the season, and Ty Lue's actually being linked to this job in the offseason. Kyrie said he wants him to be the coach. I That's what I read, I believe, so... You set yourself up for stuff like this, so a good coach gets canned because the superstar players don't like him. Um, I think he'll land on his feet somewhere and get a pretty good, pretty good gig elsewhere. He'll probably be one of the top leading candidates this off season for for some head coaching vacancies. So um, I don't agree with it, Jared Allen. I probably would prefer starting him over DeAndre Jordan. Uh, you know, Jordan's just in there with that trio of Kyrie and and. Durant he was kind of a package deal with those two so I mean it's just it's just 
they had a pretty good culture they were building there. They brought in the superstars. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. But that's kind of the the hand that they chose when the, when they went with getting those two guys. Yeah, I agree. And let me ask you this: Do you think Kenny Atkinson would be a good fit in Indiana? Um, I mean, I definitely if if they chose to move on from Nate McMillan, considering head coaches available, I I would think that. Uh, he would definitely be the top choice for them to interview. I I don't think they're going to let go of McMillan, but I mean, comparing X's and O's and things like that, I mean, you probably would get better value from Atkinson, I would feel like, because I believe he came from Atlanta and maybe he's part of that Popovich tree or somewhat, kind of. Um, so he, I believe he was... Um, he was assistant under Budenholzer, so obviously has some good experience working with some decent head coaches. So I think he'd be a good fit here if the Pacers chose to move on for McMillan. But like I said, I, I don't think that's going to happen, at least this offseason. Yeah, I would agree. I, I know after the skid we had last month that we kind of said he was on the most hot seat he's ever been on. And the way they've responded lately, I think that's cooled off a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think McMillan's going anywhere as of now either. Next up, we got the Los Angeles Clippers signed free agent Joakim Noah Monday morning. The former Defensive Player of the Year averaged seven points, six rebounds, and two assists last year with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, what a turn of luck for uh, Joakim Noah. What are your thoughts on this signing? Yeah, I, that kind of came out of the blue there. They've made some, you know, several different signings here as of late. They got uh, Marcus Morris, but that was a trade. Uh, they got, um, oh, what's his name, Reggie Jackson from Detroit. And now they get Joakim Noah kind of out of nowhere. Noah's 35 years old now, which it's kind of unreal to think that he's actually that old. I, I mean, it doesn't. It feels like it was just yesterday he was, you know, in his prime playing on the Chicago Bulls. So weird to see that. I, I don't know where he really fits. Uh, they have Zubak and uh, Harrell off the bench, so maybe he's just kind of that third big there, and um, maybe they're just trying to milk him so he can get a championship, you know, just being on an NBA roster. I, I don't know what it is. It didn't make much sense to me. Um, but, you know, uh, he'll probably be, like I said, kind of a third big there, and he'll get playing time when, uh, you know, if there's any injuries or anything like that, kind of as an insurance yeah. policy. Yeah, it makes me feel old because I remember Joe Kimno on Florida, and I'm not even 30 yet, and that makes me feel old. So that's something. Yeah, just think like, he was – he played – what was that, like 13 years ago, he played in a national championship with like Al Horford, Corey Brewer, who I forget the other guy's name. Yeah, it was uh, Horford, Brewer, him were the three main guys. Yeah, and then, you know, and there they, was somebody else I can't remember either. They played against uh, Greg Oden and Mike Conley in the championship. Feels like it wasn't that long ago, but when you look at it 13 years ago, that's just nuts to think about. Yeah, definitely. All right, next up we got Giannis. Will miss at least one more game and possibly an upcoming matchup against the Celtics with a right knee sprain. After a weekend where LeBron beat Kawhi and Giannis and had monster games, we're going to do the Jason McIntyre take of the night. Is the MVP race tighter in your mind than last week when I asked you? Over the last nine games, LBJ is averaging 30, 10, and 8. What thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I don't think you should judge it based on a weekend in basketball. If we did that, I mean... It's just not a good fair comparison, and I know I've seen stats, and I've looked at like plus thirty or thirty-six plus stats, the that stat line or per thirty-six, I mean, excuse me, and 
Giannis is just destroying him in multiple categories and like it's not even really close. So you can't just look at one weekend of basketball and say that just because LeBron beat you know the Bucks and the Clippers in the same weekend that that puts him ahead in the MVP conversation because that's not how it works. These guys are hot take artists. You know how it works. They just like to say what's going to get you know the the retweets, the likes from the Lakers fans. You know people chiming in and their mentions and telling them they're dumb asses. So that's just how it works. I, I don't think it's that close. And, and when you think about it, I mean, I know stats aren't a fair comparison for MVP, but. I mean, Anthony Davis leads the team in pretty much every single category except for assists. So, Anthony Davis is also having a great season. Giannis is number two is Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. LeBron James is number two is Anthony Davis. So, if you look at it from that way, the Bucks have lost eleven games, nine or ten when Giannis has played. Um, they're number one in the East. Uh, by several games, they have a, an advantage there over the Lakers. So if you want to do it by best team and best team that's still in Giannis's favor, so I would still lean towards him. I think the only thing that would hurt him is if he sits out for a long time uh, due to this injury, and it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case. Yeah, I think it's a little closer than I would agree with everything you said, but I just think it's close because I think the voters and stuff are going to be like, we're going to give LeBron one more. He deserves it. And he's got robbed over some of his career. Giannis got it last year. They tend to not like to give back to back. So I, that's the reason I think it's closer, but I agree. It still should be Giannis. Yeah. And, I mean, and don't get me wrong. He's LeBron's a hundred percent, a top three candidate, top two candidate. Um, I mean, the Lakers have over exceeded expectations. I think before the season, a lot of people thought maybe they'd be a four or five seed. I mean, they're the number one seed. They've only lost 13 games. They're having a great year. He's been playing the point guard position, averaging over 10 assists. So, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. He's having a heck of a season. And, I mean, what he's doing at, you know, 35, 36, however, however old he is, is, I mean, it's amazing. But, I mean, just because you think you've robbed him out of stuff and, and because you think he needs to get one more. I mean, I get your argument there. That's 100% the way they think, and that's probably the way it's going to go, but it's just not fair to to do it that way for sure. Yeah, and Vegas still has Giannis as an overwhelming favorite, so maybe it's not as close as I think, but who knows. Next up, we got LiAngelo Ball, the forgotten thief Ball brother, has signed a deal with the Thunder's G League affiliate. The team has nine games left in their season, and you better believe I'm going to be monitoring those stats to get a good laugh for the rest of the year. Any thoughts on Jello Ball? Um, so the funniest thing, and I'm typing it in right now into Google, is I thought I saw that LeVar said that if LiAngelo got signed by the Pelicans or some other team, that he would be the leading scorer in the NBA. I'm pretty sure he said that, right? I think he said it next year. He's going to have the leading scorer in the NBA, the first overall pick, and then Lonzo on the first team, whatever, Pelicans, whatever they are. I think he said something like that for next season. So he knows he's full of it, but to come out and say that a guy who has been NBA eligible for like two seasons now and hasn't played one NBA game or sniffed an NBA court is going to be the leading scorer in the NBA. That's pretty ballsy right there. Um, I would be willing to bet all of my life savings if he wanted to have a little gambling, you know, a gamble on it. I, w- I would bet my life savings, I would mortgage my household to say that LiAngelo Ball will not be 
not only not be the leading scorer, but probably wouldn't even be like top 100 in scoring in the league. I mean, that's how confident I am in that. LeVar Ball knows what to say to get the clicks. Um, he's he's proven that. He's coming back now. He, he took a little hiatus there, you know. He calmed down when LeBron came around in L.A. He took a little hiatus. Now he's bringing back Big, big Baller Brand, selling $50 T-shirts. Leangelo's the face of Big Baller Brand right now because um, – Lonzo and uh, LaMelo, I believe, is the other one. They don't want any part of it. Uh, so he's going to be talking up this kid very highly because he's, you know, the number one face of uh, his shitty-ass baller brand company. <laughs> That's what they should name the brand, SAB, <laughs> shitty-ass baller. That's what I feel like. I mean, you charge $50 for a T-shirt. I mean, come on. I just paid... So these homage, 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 whatever, however the hell you pronounce it, I always, I, I never can pronounce stuff right. Anyways, I paid for these shirts from the Pacers team store, $30 t-shirts, and I think that's ridiculously priced for a t-shirt, but I'll tell you what, they're very comfortable t-shirts. I got a Rick Smith's and a Jermaine O'Neal one. Not an ad plug, but if you're out looking for a t-shirt, comfortable t-shirt with a nice design, I highly recommend it, and it's probably okay, way... How do you say it again? Homage? Homage? <laughs> Homage, yeah. Homage is the name. Great t-shirts, great design. The feel is amazing. Uh, and, and, you know, $30 I think is ridiculous for t-shirts, but for this brand I would pay it. Big baller brand at 50 bucks. I bet it's like the same quality as like a Walmart t-shirt that you'd get for like 5 bucks. Yeah, for sure. All right, next up we got Kobe White set to start for the Bulls for the first time Tuesday against the Cavaliers. And it's about time, if you ask me, especially with Levine being out. As Pacers fans know, Kobe White is a killer who should have been starting for a long while now alongside Levine. Any thoughts on Kobe White and the rookie? Yeah, I mean, they got Sedaransky, who, I mean, he's a solid role player in the league, not really a starter. Uh, I don't know what happened to Chris Dunn. I think he, he didn't play in that game, and either he's hurt or they're just kind of done with him. But no uh, no pun intended there or whatever the word phrases for that they're about being done with him. But... Uh, I I think that uh you know I I think I think they should have started him a long while ago, uh, maybe not at the start of the season. I can get that he's a rookie. You're kind of just working him in, but your team's really bad. You're not going anywhere this season, so you might as well give him minutes. And I think they're about two months too late on this decision. Probably should have done this sometime late December, early January. It's it's obvious that the guy can play. He's a solid shooter. Um, they, they spent a top 10 overall pick on the guy. So let him go out there and play. It's not, it's not like you have any guys ahead of him on the depth chart that are exceedingly better than he is. So let him go get his minutes, get that confidence built up for the second season. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm not surprised by something that Jim Boylan does because his rotations and the things that he does in Chicago are quite questionable. Um, and the fact that they continue to have him as their head coach is just, it's just baffling to me. Yeah, it really is. And those games, last two games we played against the Bulls, Kobe White has has been the one one to two guys that just absolutely destroy us. So, yeah. next up, last thing on the list here, we got a little bit of coronavirus talk. Uh, NBA phone call will take place on Wednesday. The call will include all NBA owners and governors and other league officials discussing their game plan handling the virus scare for the rest of the season. There's also a conference call Monday night with all team doctors and trainers in preparation for potential spread. So look for more information later this week about what was said in that meeting. I know LeBron chimed in saying he would not play any games in stadiums with no fans, 
and no one is saying that is going to happen right now, but um, the discussions are taking place in case that route happens. So any thoughts for you on this virus overall? Well, I mean, they got to have discussions because if they don't do anything and something happens, then it looks, makes them look like, you know, there's incompetent assholes. So I get it. They got to at least address the issue. The problem here is, I mean, you're, you're going to ban. It's kind of like what LeBron said is you're going to take the fans out of the game, which that's a big element. You get 41 games a year on your home floor. And that's a big element is having that home court advantage. So it's not, there's no advantage to the home team. Like at some point you would just delay the season. I feel like that would be the better decision than just making the players play without, you know, fans there. I mean, I, I don't think that we've gotten to that point yet with this thing. And I know it's, it's spreading, but I don't know how many, you know, cases are there. I'm not a, I'm not a medical expert and I'm not going to try to talk about, you know, the disease or anything like that. But the people that have been infected by this thing, it's more than likely that you have a better chance of surviving than you don't. And the people that are older and, you know, have weaker immune systems, those are the ones that have been severely affected by this thing. So I, I don't know that I, it's, it's been, an, it's been nuts for the past couple of weeks, obviously starting overseas and then coming into the U S we found out last week that, you know, we had our first case in Indiana. Um, and, it's affecting like the stock market and people don't know what to do. Everybody is just, we're kind of all in this state of limbo where we just have no idea how to handle this thing. And we have to obviously have talks about it and try to figure out what to do. But I don't know. It, 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 I can't imagine them playing an NBA game without fans in it. That, that would make no sense to me as being a potential solution from these meetings they're having. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion. I know there's a good podcast series out right now. It's like detailing exactly what the coronavirus is. I think it's done by one of the news companies. I think it's maybe CNN, but it's it's on the top of the charts, and it's just doctors telling you exactly what's going on. So worth a listen. There's a couple episodes. They're like six minutes long. So if you're actually interested, that's a good way to go. I, I've only listened to one of them, so I don't know shit either. But March Madness, this could also affect, and those games would just be terrible with nobody there. Lose a lot of excitement and a lot of luster, and I'm going to Vegas for it, so you know that seems like a hotbed of coronavirus activities. So maybe I'll be able to firsthand report on what it's like having it eventually, but you just never know, and, and it's a weird time, definitely, and so so hopefully nothing happens, and I agree, I don't think canceling it necessarily solves well, any problems, I mean, just I mean, NBA games in general, yeah. but who knows, and we'll see, and that, and that concludes ATA for today. I do, have, I do have one more point there. I mean, so let's say the coronavirus, is it going to stop you from going to, like, at least for right now, is it going to stop you from going to the grocery store or, you know, other places where there's going to be a lot of people? The answer to that question is no. So I, I could see maybe putting, like, something in place, like, you know, before the game's you know, players signing autographs, I could see, you know, maybe they take that out of the equation. Like you can't go down and get autographs, but like people are going to be around people no matter what they do. So I, I I don't know if the virus can spread from the balcony to the floor or how that works, but like just maybe a potential solution is keeping athletes away from the the fans at this point. Cause I know people are still going to be going out and doing regular things and doing those things. I mean, what are you going to stay in your house the entire time or go out and wear a mask? People aren't going to do that. So that might be one solution there. Maybe the NBA wants to listen to me is just keep fan interaction with, with, with players limited at this point. Maybe that's a potential solution for them. 
Yeah, and just wash your damn hands. I think yeah. there was a report there was like thirty percent of men and like thirty five percent of women wash their hands after the you know, going to the bathroom. And you should be doing it more than just going to the bathroom. If you go out, just wash your hands when you get home. You know, it's easy. Yeah. So anyways, that'll wrap up there around the association. And with that, that'll wrap up episode seventy nine of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. Hopefully next time we talk with you folks. Uh, We'll have some Lance Stevenson news, maybe some games to talk about. But other than that, we are still stuck in limbo on that as we wait and see what the Pacers decide to do. Big game Tuesday night against the Celtics and Saturday night against the Philadelphia 76ers. Two big games regarding playoff positioning in the East for the Pacers. We will be back next week to talk about those games with you guys and more. Um, So enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you guys soon. See ya.